You're listening to the iterators of the Imperium. Hi, I'm Miss, and I'm here with my co-host Ryan, and you're listening to the season two of Iterators of the Imperium podcast, the podcast in which Ryan is the expert on Warhammer 40k, and I'm the noob trying to learn about the Warhammer universe. So Ryan, what is today's topic? Oh, Miss, it's a good one today. I'm very excited for this one. I, I love this one. But okay. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Oh, why not? I, I'm going to give you a quote. And oh, you have to guess. Oh. This is, I just I like the idea of this for this season. I like the way it worked with the orc one. We're doing it. Okay. I I think I'm ready. Yeah. Right. Now I want to make this clear. You're not trying to guess what the quote is about. You're trying to guess the faction it comes from. I didn't explain that in the first one. It was an it was a quote from an orc. So oh, yeah. you're trying to figure out which group would have said this thing rather than who they're saying it about. Okay. Okay. Because yeah, otherwise, yeah, yeah. I would have found one of the Imperium talking about the menace of the orcs and how dis- how terrible they are to fight. <laughs> yeah. So, just making that clear, because I realized down the line that could get kind of confusing. <laughs> All the chaos ones would seem like they were about orcs, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Here we go. The universe is not like a puzzle box that you can take apart and put back together again, and so solve its secrets. It is a shifting, uncertain thing which changes as you consider it, which is changed by the very act of observation. A powerful man is not a man who dissects the universe like a puzzle box, examining it piece by piece and measuring each piece with scientific precision. A powerful man has only to look upon the universe to change it. What do we think? (sighs) (laughs) It's a good quote as well, isn't it? (laughs) It's a good quote, and it sounds like somebody who's knowledgeable. Yeah. Uh, it it surely has to do with somebody. I I don't know, man. Think th- <sighs> think about the different factions we could be talking about. Uh, can can it give me some hints? Like, can we narrow it down or something like that? Uh, mm, I I don't know what I would give you as a hint. You're right uh, in in the in the area of it's definitely someone knowledgeable. Uh, you could say that's their entire gimmick, to be honest with you. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, it's the entire faction's gimmick, to be honest with you. Is, is knowledge? Is it someone the Eldar? Eldar? It is not the Eldar. Ah. Uh. Because I know that they're like old and like knowledgeable and like they were way ahead at the beginning. Yes. But if it's not them, if it's not them. It's also quite a pompous quote in a way. <laughs> this person clearly thinks quite highly of uh, of whoever they're talking about, to be honest with you. So I'm assuming that they're quite a condescending asshole of a person. <laughs> oh, I know you're not making it easier for me. <laughs> it wouldn't be... Hmm. I'm, I'm, th- I'm figuring who 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 I'm, think- who I'm thinking about. It's not the Necrons, is it? No. Oh, uh, I don't know, Ryan. I think I might have to say I'm blank. It is the Mechanicum of Mars. Oh, God's sakes, Ryan. That was a quote from Technomagos Galos. Ah. Uh, 
You yeah. know, make it easy for me. That, that one wasn't easy if, if, I'm, if I have to say something. <sighs> nah, it, it wasn't overly easy. I think had I like provided you with a list of the possible factions, you'd probably have went, well, if it's not the Eldar and it's not the Necron, it's probably those guys. Because those yeah. are the three you think of when you go to technology because the Necron are way ahead of everyone in technology and the Eldar are way ahead of humanity in technology. So... I think you can just narrow your way down. <laughs> but I think because of the way it's phrased, because it says a powerful man repeatedly, and a Necron and an Eldar aren't going to say that. Yeah. See, that that was things like, it's very obviously uh. like a human saying this, if you think about the wording. Yeah. So I was like, ah, you might, you might get it. Mechanicus. Oh. The Mechanicus. So yeah, That's today we're talking about the uh, the Adeptus Mechanicus or the Cult Mechanicus, the religious uh, cult of tech priests that handle R and D and maintenance for the Imperium of Man and production. <laughs> they actually do very nice. little research and development. I don't know why I wrote R and D. It's it's very much like mass production and maintenance. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Huh. Right, let's get into it. So yes. we've talked about the origin of these guys before in the time period where it happened, but we talked about it from the Terra side of the situation. So today we're going to go over the situation again, not in as much detail because we've kind of done the timeline of it, but we're going to be looking at uh, Mars's side of it. Okay. So uh, when humanity first ventured out and started uh, colonizing planets... Mars was obviously the first one we went to because it's right there. Yeah, <laughs> like, we're trying it now, so why would we stop? You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> we would just keep going until we got it. So uh, obviously, Mars was taken over quite quickly once we got the handle on the whole um, situation of colonizing stuff. And then, because it's obviously just like like a desert hellscape, it's just arid, dry. We terraformed it into like a lush planet with water and greenery and stuff like that. And one of the things we had to do, we had to set up shielding for radiation from the sun because the planet has no atmosphere, obviously. We had to produce a fake atmosphere and set up radiation shielding mm-hmm. uh, along with all the terraforming of the planet to make it livable. Yeah. And because it was you know, so close to Earth, but Earth was so built up at the time, it ended up as quite a really good trade hub so, because obviously it was a separate planet, so you don't have to hassle Earth with so many ships coming in and out and building all the stuff for that. Earth kind of runs out of space pretty fast with that stuff after all that time. So Mars ended up as a bit of a trade hub. So with really good trade routes and uh, an ability to gain materials like that and a lack of governance because it wasn't on Earth... Uh, meaning loose laws in terms of what is called experimentation and what's called a war crime, uh, <laughs> it led to a lot of rapid technological advancement. So yeah. it ended up becoming a little like, kind of haven for for those that were uh, interested in science, which is you know how it ended up as advanced as it was. But because it was still part of the whole Earth thing at the time, it was kind of mutually beneficial for everyone. But they were very much building up quickly enough that they could stand on their own without needing Earth. But hmm. working alongside Terra, humanity was doing well. You know, everyone was working together, everyone was going well. 
And then the Age of Strife happened, where everyone was cut off because the Eldar created Slaanesh, and it made all the warp rifts, <laughs> so no one could travel anymore or communicate anymore. Yeah, everything went to shit. Everything went to shit. <laughs> You're spot on. <laughs> can, we say, can we say the S word? I don't know. Uh, I'll just tick the explicit box on this episode. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I feel okay. like this show is going to gradually get more and more explicit as we go. <laughs> I mean, it is Warhammer, by the way, so I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I reckon we do an episode in character as Chaos Marines at some point, and all it is is one long bleep for an hour. <laughs> that actually be good to know. I've seen it is in languages that don't even exist yet. <laughs> just in case, I have to bleep it. Be a good running yeah. joke. Uh, yeah. So... During this time, obviously, Terra was ravaged by techno-barbarians, which ended up splitting off into a bunch of cults, or, oh, sorry, different kind of sections of the different war bosses, war warlords, and taking over different sections of Terra, which was a whole issue in itself. But Mars had very similar problems with just kind of scavengers and barbarian groups getting together and stuff like that. But yeah. due to this, and... Uh, lack of maintenance or sorry due to this a lack of maintenance occurred on all the planet's technology because everyone was just fighting amongst themselves and shit like that rather than mm -hmm. doing their goddamn jobs which meant that the radiation shielding for the planet failed which destroyed the planet again it basically just wrote it back to a desert oh badlands luckily yeah, because half the people were yeah luckily because half the people were um barbarians at this point it was quite well suited they basically could have filmed the sequel to mad max there <laughs> everyone was already dressed apart the place was already a desert it was great yeah basically fury road i'll be honest <laughs> so, yeah, so so back to ground zero like back yeah, to, yeah place was just totally written off so at this point because the ecosystem is entirely destroyed and radiation is ravaging everyone that's left alive it looked like Mars was a lost cause for a bit. Until an idea rose. A, re a religion of survival, right? The cult mm -hmm. mechanicus in worship of the machine god. The followers of this cult swore complete dedication to the cause. Their goal was to find and repair the scattered technology needed to form temporary radiation shields so that they could have livable shelters. Right? That was like their initial goal. And acquiring the technology usually required ultimate self-sacrifice. Usually, if you decided you were going to go out and get the stuff, you would die to return it to the cult. But it allowed them to build shelters so that the rest of them could survive. Yeah. So the people that were leading this cult became known as the Tech Priests. Uh, because machine god, technology was the whole thing, tech priests. It was the only way to go. Um, so they, they did manage to build shelters from the radiation. They managed to set up oxygen generators and food processing machines, which allowed their people to survive. Mm. But the barbarians on, the, on Mars obviously tried to attack the shelters because they were also dying and had no food or anything like that. So a bunch of the shelters were totally destroyed, but... The tech priests that were, you know, that it was their shelters, they did defend them. They defended them to their very last. And a lot of them survived, but a good number were destroyed, obviously. And it's not even like they were taking the technology and then the barbarians survived as well. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing with it. <laughs> Once the tech priest was dead, the stuff was basically worthless. 
<laughs> it was not a great plan, but no one really says barbarians are smart. Like, if you've ever played Dungeons and Dragons, that's usually the gimmick. Barbarians, not smart. <laughs> uh, it's like snuttlings. <laughs> no, sorry. I, was, <laughs> I just remembered, like, I, I'm associating that with just, yeah. Um, yeah fair call, fair call. <laughs> a barbarian portal gun, not because. I'd like that. Uh, so yeah, a lot of the a lot of the shelters were totally destroyed, but a lot survived. And those of the cult that survived took their survival as proof that the machine god was real and that their dedication was rewarded with their survival. So it just like rebuffed the belief in the cult. No, not yeah. redoubled, not rebuffed. <laughs> those are very different. It just it really uh, it really steeled them into their beliefs. So then once the kind of planet was, you know, cleared out as best they could and they had, like, bases to live from, they began to rebuild properly. Uh, they built a temple called the Temple of All Knowledge to the Machine God. It is, like, the main temple on Mars. Uh, and yeah. it's funny, the pillars that hold up the roof are essentially pistons that allow them to raise and lower the roof of the building so that the acoustics can change for choirs <laughs> which seems excessive to me but it's a very cool concept <laughs> yeah but very excessive <laughs> yeah it seems quite pointless i like that they were like we barely have enough stuff to survive but we're gonna build a temple because our god saved us let's excessively I mean... design it let's not come back to it and redesign it later no no let's start from the ridiculous design to begin with that's a great plan solid use of resources <laughs> I mean, it just sounds like history, you know, in real life. I think I've said this in season one as well. Like back in the days where people were lived under like plagues and like poverty and stuff like that, they still had like, you know, buildings, religions in that, in that area, right? That were just like perfect to a T in gold and all that kind yeah. of jazz. Like the resources could have been used better. <laughs> I don't know what better you could have done with gold, I'll be honest. It's quite worthless. I mean, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, it's just oh, like yeah, the, the yeah. idea about it, you know? Oh, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Gold in particular, though, not particularly useful. You can nah, sell nah, it nah, nah. <laughs> It's well, heavy. Well, that's one thing. <laughs> that's the thing. I don't know what other use you could really do with gold, but you can throw it at people. <laughs> it looks pretty, okay? Yeah, exactly. Uh... So yeah, so the cult rebuilds Mars, basically, now that they're the only living people left alive because of all the radiation. And then they gradually rebuild all the radiation shielding for the planet, as well as building temples to the machine god and these kind of things. Yeah. Uh, and then the planet begins to grow back to what it originally was, but now in the vision of the machine god and the cult mechanicus. Yeah. So once they were built up again properly they began to, sit, uh, to dispatch fleets across the galaxy to explore and acquire more technology and even try and scavenge stuff. <laughs> they actually sent ships to Terra to try and scavenge it. But I mentioned this in the like when we were doing the Terra side of the situation. Um, the, the Mechanicum were doing fine at this point and Terra was still like ran by like seven different bandit leaders. <laughs> <laughs> and 
when the mechanic on turned up, they were just like, this place is a lost cause, sack this, and just left. Oh, yes, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. They, they, like, that's not my, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not having it. I'm, nope. Yeah, nope. it's not worth it. This place is <laughs> pointless. Let's just keep going what we were doing. I'm uh, not cleaning this mess. <laughs> that's basically it, yeah. Uh, yeah, when they landed to try and like scavenge the place, they were attacked by barbarians and just kind of went, oh, fuck this, and just left. <laughs> um... So they ended up kind of pissed off with the techno barbarians that were like ravaging Terra. Um, but luckily, when the Emperor turned up and killed all the techno barbarians and took over Earth under the Imperium of Man, um, they were quite happy with that because the techno barbarians were dead and those guys were kind of dicks to them. So, you know, win win. Yeah. Uh, so, down the line a little bit. The Emperor goes to Mars, uh, and he goes to the Martian Parliament to talk to the leaders, and offers that in return for supplying his armies with equipment and a massive fleet, he would protect the Mechanicus, uh, respect their sovereignty as, you know, their own thing. They don't have to be a part of the Imperium, man. Not going to take away your religion. Just don't convert my people. And that was the deal. Um... (laughs) Also, he would donate six navigator houses to them. So, you know, navigators are the mutants that are able to see through the warp. And that's how yeah. humans navigate their ships through the warp. Well, yes, Mars obviously had all the... Oh, the houses are like families of these people. They essentially breed navigators in bloodlines. It's a genetic thing. So uh, if you, you know, have two families that both have it, you're likely to have kids with it. So they have navigator houses, which are essentially just bloodlines of navigators yeah so uh mars obviously had their own houses of navigators before the age of strife but because everything's happened their navigators were wiped out basically there was very few remaining because navigators are typically quite frail it's just part of the genetic you know gamble you get you get a third eye and you don't get to be jacked as hell so (laughs) they weren't really going to survive on on mars the way it was so very few of them actually made it through which was cutting into the uh, mars's ability to explore the universe as it was now now that they were built up again so the emperor also donated to them six houses and navigators so that they could you know start doing their stuff again so they agreed and thus the imperial man and the cult mechanicus were unified fun days were had by all yeah uh, somewhere in this period I don't know when exactly and I can't seem to find an actual like pinpoint timing or explanation for it but somewhere in this period the cult mechanicus also took to believe, uh, the belief that the emperor of mankind is their messiah the omnissiah the omnissiah that's the, that's the term they use for their messiah because it's the machine god and the omnisile. It's all fine. Yeah. So they believe, I think I've heard it before. Yeah. They believe that the emperor of mankind is the physical manifestation of the uh, machine god. And yeah. I've heard a few different stories as to why that is. And I couldn't find any evidence to back up any of them. So I'm going to go ahead and say I don't think there's an actual answer for it. <laughs> uh and like, I can tell you one of the stories if you want, but it's probably nonsense. <laughs> there, yeah, were, probably. there was something about when he came to Mars the first time, as they're like, as he's like exiting his ship on the like loading dock in here or landing dock or whatever it is, 
there is a like big walker kind of thing that's carrying stuff and his leg gets damaged and he goes over and basically just like rubs his hand over his leg and repairs it and they were all like <laughs> the messiah <laughs> but i can find nothing that backs that up so i'm pretty sure it's complete and our nonsense because <laughs> yeah. i don't know how he would have that ability like i know he's incredibly magic i know he like loves his crazy warp powers that he has I don't think that gives him, like, Magneto's abilities to just forge metal. No. <laughs> like, no. Ferris Manus, he could have came in and rubbed his weird metal hands over it, fixed it, no problem. But that's <laughs> science, that's not magic. I don't know what the fuck the Emperor claims he did. <laughs> so, no idea, like, like, I know the Emperor knows his tech inside and out, so he maybe just impressed them with that, but I can't find any reference for why they actually believe he is the Omnissiah. <laughs> So, well, maybe some of the listeners can help us with that. God, I hope so. Or at the very oh. least, make up more interesting stories than that one and tell us. Actually, make some suggestions, and we will we'll talk about it in the podcast oh, later. That would be great. I would love that if everyone just starts suggesting stupid ideas for how this happened. We'll do a, yeah. we'll do a dedicated episode just for the like just for that. Yeah, we could just sit here and discuss and like <laughs> see, see what's best. Stupid you know? concepts. That'd be great. I would love that. <laughs> That would actually be quite fun, I think. That would be really fun. And, and engaging, so I'm down. Oh, hell yeah. Right. So we're going to go over some of the beliefs of the cult mechanicus as a religion. Yeah. So as a religion, the cult mechanicus believes in the 16 universal laws, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of these are very odd concepts, so... I'll try and kind of elaborate as best I can on some of them because they're worded in a very obviously religious way. Like the wording yep. makes it quite hard to figure out what the fuck they mean. So yep. first one is life is directed motion. Uh, second, the spirit is the spark of life. I fuck knows. Third, sentience is the ability to learn the value of knowledge. Oh, they see sentience, just like awareness of yourself like that, um, as the basest form of intelligence. That's that's how the cult, uh, cult mechanicus views intelligence. Okay. Uh, intellect is the understanding of knowledge. So just knowing mm-hmm. things doesn't mean anything if you don't know what to do with it or what it means, like, in a greater sense. That kind of uh, makes sense. It yeah. does. Like, for example... Let's talk science here. If I explain to you uh, Newton's three laws of motion, that's one thing to be able to rattle them off. To be able to actually explain what they mean and how how it affects anything is actual intelligence and knowledge. So that's the difference they're making there. Understanding is the important part. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Understanding is the true path to comprehension. That's another one in there. Uh... Eighth, the Omnissiah knows all and comprehends all. Basically, don't doubt the Emperor. He will fuck you up. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, then the rest of them are, the other eight are the warnings of the cult mechanicus, uh, which are, ninth, the alien mechanism is a perversion of the true path. Basically, aliens are evil. Yeah. Yep. That's a pretty standard one. Tenth, the soul is the conscience of sentience. The what? The conscience of sentience. They have a whole thing where if it doesn't have a soul and it's alive, it's also evil. 
So AI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, just as a reference to that, 12. The soulless sentience is the enemy of all. Also AI. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, those two are tied together very closely uh, 11 a soul can be bestowed only by the omnisile of course I, yeah that's just the, our god is the one you know our god is yeah. god deal with it it's uh, just brown nosing at this point uh, basically yeah. you're just pinning a tail on it you know um, yeah. 13th the knowledge of the ancients stands beyond question of course uh, 14th is the machine spirit guards the knowledge of the ancients the machine spirit is also another name for their god as well uh, or it's another thing that takes up the like they talk about um, the machine god the machine spirit and the omnisire quite a lot the machine spirit is usually honestly it usually comes off like the software that runs something but it also <laughs> takes up the form of like generally whatever makes something work so a lot of the time it just comes off like it's electricity <laughs> like that it seems to take a lot of weird forms it just seems to be the thing that makes things work okay, i was about to say this is like my computer i worship windows 11 <laughs> that kind of thing <laughs> honestly it's not far off of it sometimes it's, it's like... a very widespread concept the machine spirit <laughs> it contains all of the information <laughs> Uh, that's a weird take on it i'm sorry that's no don't weird... worry but you're not far off honestly i don't think we know half the time <laughs> if you say it religiously enough people don't question it <laughs> oh windows 11 my they or thy computer work forever <laughs> i don't know my thy software for a uh, function to a t if god sees fit there will be no update this week <laughs> I like that one. That was good. It's <laughs> uh, always updates, but yeah. Go on. Always updates. All right. So fifteenth is flesh is fallible, but ritual honors the machine spirit. This is why the mechanicum replaces so many of our body parts with tech. By the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and sixteenth, the final one: to break with ritual is to break with faith. So, if. If the rules say you've got to chant this really long prayer as you repair this engine, you fucking chant the prayer as you replace the engine. Yeah. <laughs> That's the rules. If you don't chant the prayer right, someone will kill you. <laughs> or the engine won't work. That's it. You, you'll have pissed off the machine spirit if you don't follow the rules. It will not work. God. Which, by the way, I'm pretty sure is the excuse they use when they don't fix something right. <laughs> like, ah, must have got something wrong in that third line of that 86 billion line fucking poem I was reciting as I fitted this. Like, ah, that's oh it. God. It's not like we've got eight extra bolts here. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like hell. Yeah. They do a lot of chat. Uh, so within their beliefs, they also follow the quest for knowledge and basically, they just constantly seek out new knowledge and information. Mm. Um, but they believe that all knowledge in the universe already exists. Sorry, all knowledge already exists within the universe. Yes. It's important to say that in the right order. So, therefore, they adhere to a very strict set of rules and conduct, and to go outside of that is heresy. Yes. But they call it tech heresy rather than normal heresy. Oh, of course you can only call it tech heresy when it's grown in mars <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
it's such oh yeah yeah uh, so because of this the invention of new things is typically seen as heresy whereas repurposing things that's fine <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Like, like they, they care about the environment. <laughs> like recycling of that. If they find a can opener, like an electric can opener, that every time you use it, it fries everything within like a four mile radius that's like electrical, purely because it's defective, they're not allowed to be like, ah, I'll make an EMP out of this technology. No, but they can just use the can opener as an EMP. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a very pure example, but that's the idea, is they're not allowed to invent stuff, but they can repurpose no. anything they want. That's a great concept. It's like a, it's like a backwards thinking vibe, I'm kidding. Very like, much know. is, yes. They're, for yeah. a group that are all about seeking out knowledge and experimenting and stuff like that, they want to push the boundaries as little as possible in some ways. It's very odd. They're very like contrasting in their own beliefs. It comes off yeah. very contradictory. I mean, they are they are weird in that way, but they do look cool, Ryan. They do. They look fucking cool. <laughs> they have these arms, like that's yeah. arms for knees. Those mechanic arms, man, with skulls on the end. It's yeah, it's kind of cool. <laughs> I saw this thing ages ago. It's uh, there's it's a tech priest who's got a horse skull for a face, and it's just a space marine shouting at him like, "Why? Why the horse skull? Why would you do this? Where did you even find a horse?" <laughs> you know what you're not wrong <laughs> that's some good questions you're not gonna get an answer <laughs> you probably just get something back like ah oh, well machine god you know ah oh, fuck off ah, <laughs> ah, thing again that's ah, it ah. the machine god providing us all horses that's the rules <laughs> so there are many sects of science that are now forbidden by the mechanicum as heresy, such as draining energy from stars. Uh, you know, like a Dyson Sphere? No. Oh, a Dyson Sphere is a, is a conceptual technology where you build up a set of like reflector arrays around a sun or a star and basically totally encapsulate it so that no energy is lost. Uh, it's essentially just surround a star with solar panels. Um, oh. So you're not allowed to do anything like that that drains the energy from a star. Because <laughs> it's a great way to power stuff, but at the same time, you're kind of wasting a star that could be keeping plants alive otherwise. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But who would do that anyway? Humanity in, like, a couple thousand years, probably. Like us. <laughs> Real life. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah. To be honest, yeah, to be fair, though. Yeah. It's purely a matter of time, I think. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's just a question of time. Like, yeah. when, when is it going to happen? Like, we're going to destroy ourselves? <laughs> yeah, there's people literally working on this technology right now. <laughs> oh, for God's sakes. Yep. Uh, the, another one is the distorting of space-time. You're not allowed to fuck with the laws of physics. That's also illegal. Which, uh, to be honest, that one seems pretty self-explanatory. Like, the last time anything fucked with space-time, it was the warp, and now there's demons everywhere. Maybe let's not choose to do that. <laughs> let's not repeat like, that like, mistake okay yeah like we don't know for a fact that there's only demons because it fucks space time but like let's not risk that <laughs> maybe we make new demons like no let's just not bother uh, but there are three main areas that are seen as heresy so AI technology as we all know uh, the manipulation of the human genome so you're not allowed to experiment with humans to mutate them and you're not allowed to study the warp 
Okay. Those are the three areas that are like the worst heresies as far as the, the Mechanicum are concerned. No one's allowed to study these things, ever. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, for the record, this does mean that Belisarius Call, you know, the guy that saved Gilliman, uh, the current Archmagos Dominus, is absolutely a heretic. <laughs> Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he made the Primaris Marines that have new uh, new organs, so he was yeah. fucking around with a genome. <laughs> he also invents new stuff all the time, and I'm pretty yeah. sure he has an AI. And he's successful doing it. He's very oh, successful, yeah. Turns yeah. out, if you're as smart as the Mechanicum actually is, and you decide you want to do new things, basically you can nothing achieve, can stop yeah. you. You can achieve big things, but no, because the tech culture will says no. Yes. <laughs> because heresy. Because heresy. That is the answer to literally everything in 40k, by the way. Doesn't matter I mean, if it's good or bad, it's just because heresy. It's like well, it's like writing this stuff, right? I need a good explanation because uh, like as why you can't do this. Because heresy. That's why. <laughs> that, that's exactly it. Uh, so <laughs> Uh, Belisarius Call constantly asks Gilliman to make him the new uh, Fabricator General of Mars. Uh, so he would now be in charge of the Mechanicum if he had that position. And uh, Gilliman always just says no, because if he puts him in charge, it will absolutely cause a civil war amongst the Mechanicum, <laughs> because he <laughs> is absolutely a heretic. <laughs> yeah. So that's fun. So, that's something. Yeah. But on that topic, we're going to talk about Forge Worlds now. Ooh. So Forge Worlds are the worlds that belong to the Adeptus Mechanicus. Uh, they are built up with massive industrial complexes, abyssal quarries, towering chimneys, volcanic forges. Yes, they actually use volcanoes as forges. Uh, and great machine factories. Basically, these places are just industrial powerhouses to an unthinkable degree. No world can match a Forge world in quality or quantity for how much they can manufacture or what they can manufacture. So they are literally a cut above anything else in terms of manufacturing. Yeah. Uh, and since the Mechanicum hoards all knowledge of humanity's ancient tech as best they can, from like the Golden Age of Technology, they you know hoard all that stuff as much as they can. Uh, most of the unique or especially useful equipment produced by humanity is done by the Mechanicum and is done on Forge Worlds. So they're really good fancy tech. It's not getting made by some random guy in a factory on some backwater planet. It's getting made in the forges of Mars. <laughs> you know, by the guys that know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, we like it when our guns are made by those guys. Yeah. Well, it works. Yeah. So each Forge world is ruled by its own Fabricator General. That's the highest rank you can be in the Mechanicum. Mm -hmm. uh, and it just means you run a Forge world. But the Fabricator General of Mars is seen as the de facto ruler of all of the Mechanicum. So you can be the Forge... The, you can be the Fabricator General of the Forge world Metallica. But if the Fabricator General of Mars tells you to do something, you fucking do it. He's yeah. still your boss. You might have yeah. the same title, but he's in charge of the home world. There's a reason. <laughs> yeah, he's the big boss. Yeah. Uh, so I thought I'd tell you about a few of the kind of different Forge worlds that are out there. Again, there are hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of these fuckers. But 
there's a few that have little things that go with them that are kind of interesting though so, so i thought i'd run over a few just to give you an idea uh yeah. we have anvilus which produces warlord battle titans you know the giant war robots Mm-hmm. Uh, but these guys this particular world produces ones that are of the Mars Alpha pattern so it's a specific design for them uh, which is only otherwise made on Mars or on the Forge World Metallica so it's a very limited access to this design and obviously they only let the ones that do it properly do it uh, yeah. these things sport Mauler Battle Mauler Bolt Cannons <laughs> Las Cannon Turrets which would usually be the main weapon of a smaller mech, but no, no, they're secondary support weapons on these things. What? Yeah, they also have triple-barreled laser blasters uh, and volcano cannons. That just sounds like... What? Yeah, the Mars Alpha pattern of Warlord Battle Titan is armed to the teeth. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I don't care how big your stronghold is. If these fuckers start rocking rocking up out of the sky, you run... (laughs) Because nothing's going to stop them. No, like... You basically just need to blow it to pieces with a really big bomb, otherwise you're not going to do much to it before it wipes you off the planet. And you don't even get to do that, because, I mean, they have lasers. Ah, they'll just disintegrate you. They're just fast, like, they're just like, I see you, you're done. Exactly. I like the volcano cannon, that's just a fun concept. That's surely just a name. (laughs) I love that you think that. Oh, <laughs> I'm too innocent for this shit. Uh, you know how like flamethrowers are a thing, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. They basically just keep these concepts getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but they also make them more murdery as they go. So you start off with like a flamethrower, and then you get like a melt a cannon, which just whatever it hits melts basically. <laughs> Because it's just a superheated blast. And then you make a really, really, really big one of them that can melt other titans. And then you strap it to a big warlord titan and call it a volcano cannon. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. I love it. It's so on the nose. You know what? We were talking last time about how the orcs are very on the nose of the naming. I'll be honest with you. The rest of them aren't far off of it as well. The only ones that are like sneaky with their naming are the Eldar. Yeah. <laughs> like those guys have had like millennia to perfect naming things in cool ways. Like, what the fuck is a Corsair? Right? I know what a Corsair is, but you know, yeah, yeah. as a word, it doesn't sound like it means very much. But a volcano cannon, I'm assuming it melts things. It does. That is accurate. <laughs> All right, I'm going to run through a few more of these uh, Forge Worlds. We have a Forge World called Crucible Omega, which is possibly the coolest name I've ever heard, which is now owned by the Dark Mechanicum, which are the Mechanicum members that turned during the Horus Heresy to Chaos. So yeah. they're still doing stuff, by the way. They're still out there. So Crucible Omega is now owned by them. We've got Gryphon 4, which was devoured by the Terranid uh, by, uh, which was devoured by Terranids of High Fleet Leviathan. So that one was wiped off the fucking map. <laughs> Just a barren nothingness <laughs> world now. Uh, we've got Hypnoth, which now belongs to the Necron Sautic dynasty. Uh, we've got Mezoa, which is actually just a major shipyard as well as a forge world. 
Uh, and we've got Phaeton, which is where the original pattern of the Lehman Rust battle tank originated. Um, you know how I told you that the Mechanicum are always trying to find the STCs, the old uh, yes, fabricators? Yes, they're the ones that got built. Yes. Yeah, they're the ones that got built yeah, from yeah. nothing. So, you know how I told you a story about the, the two random guardsmen that found one of them for a knife? One of the blueprints yeah. in it for a knife? Um, well, on this planet, they found one that was for a type of tank. But it was titled after the Primarch, Lehman Russ. Uh, uh, and it's now like the standard tank that everyone in the Imperium uses. There are a lot of variants, but this planet is where the blueprint for it was found. And it's now a Forge World. Oh, hey. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, by the way, th those two guys who found the, the one for the knife, right? Mm -hmm. Weren't they awarded a planet or something like that? They were awarded a planet each. Each, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, that brings me back. Season one vibes. Oh yeah, I think that was like episode one as well. Yeah, that's that's far back. I or, remember. No, it only episode three or four when we were talking about the dark age of technology, but from humanity's side, from the imperial was, side. Yeah, it was at least early on. Yeah, oh god, very early on. Like obviously, I don't remember everything, but I, I my knowledge is getting better. Oh hell yeah, that's the thing. We're building up here, you know. Yeah. That's what we're all about. We need to build a foundation of knowledge. Yes. Rome was not built in a day. That's exactly it. And there's a shitload of these books, so we've got a lot to go over. <laughs> so it's not going to be a day either. No. You can maybe get through two of the Horus Heresy books in a day. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the next part I was going to go over was a bit of the hierarchy of the Mechanicum, but we're going to go into like a bit more about the Tech Priests while we're here as well. So... Yeah. Top of the chain, you've got the Fabricator General of whatever Forge world, but typically we're talking about the one in charge of Mars because he's the big dude. Uh, and then under him, you have the Fabricator Locum, which is just second in command. Yeah. Then you have the Ruling Priesthood, which is made up of Magos, Logis, Genitors, and Artisans. These guys all specialize in different fields as well, which we will get into in a minute. Mm -hmm. uh, then you've got the normal priesthood, which make uh, which are made up of electoral priests, engine seers, trans mechanics, lex mechanics, and rune priests. Uh, followed by servitors and tech thralls, which are basically just bastardization of humans with like heavily, heavily ridiculous augmentation. So they just kind of become. Either either modified so much that they're only able to do one thing, or they're modified so heavily that they can perform a few menial tasks that are not really worth the time of an actual person, and they're kind of just brain dead following orders. They're quite a disgusting concept. Very forty. Yeah. Very forty. Oh yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> it, it's basically actually fuck I don't care. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Each of the ruling priesthood are split into a bunch of different ranks. There's six ranks to each of them. So your magos are split up into the top one being the Prime Hermeticon, which is a cool title. Then below him, you've got the Lord Dogma. Then the Meki Mor Moribundus, which is a stupid name. Uh, the Ger Gerontocrat. These words are so weird to fucking say. You never hear them in the books because no one has these titles. Uh, and then you've got the Data Predator, which is just quite a weird name. Sounds like some kind of weird robot fish. 
Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so there's a title like that for, or sorry, there's a hierarchy like that of ranks within each of those of the ruling priesthood. Uh, so, for example, the leader of the genitors is the Magos Biologist. Uh, the mm-hmm. leader of the Logi is the Lexical Arcanus, which is a really cool name. Mm-hmm. And the leader of the Artisans is the Forged Lord. Which, That's a cool name. Yeah, also, like, they have a lot of really cool titles, but there's no point in explaining six, well, yeah, like, fucking 23 titles to you here that no, no, basically no, 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 are no. never here again and have no real, like, purpose in this situation. <laughs> No, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, so no, we don't have time for that for this episode. Uh, it, was, it would be a yeah, waste of time. So it's, it would basically just be me struggling to say a bunch of vaguely cool <laughs> words for like five minutes with no I mean, explanation behind it. Maybe we would do like a special episode at some point where we take like a time and skip like five minutes with you just trying to pronounce these names. <laughs> just as a segue, like a little fun segue. Yeah, I'm down for that. We can do that. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, Within the cult mechanicum, there are loads of different paths of study you can follow, and once you master one, you become well. If you're within the Magos, or sorry, the uh, the Magi track, you become Arch Magos, for example, right? So you can become a title like that within any of them, within any of those four main areas. Uh, I'm using the uh, the. Ma- Magi track here because Belisarius Call is an Arch Magos, so he's within that, and he's a really good reference point because we talked about him before. So yeah. I'm going to use that track as examples for this stuff as we go forward. Uh, so the Logos track are analysts, analysts and statisticians. The Janitors <laughs> study genetics and biological matters. Uh, then you've got reductors, which are another section you can be within, which study the practice of war, uh, but in the form of like siege craft and extermination. And then you've got like Dominus, which studied art of war, but with like precise battlefield control and calculation. Uh, these guys are also like they are masters of the Electro Priest and the Legio Cybernetica, which I will explain later on <laughs> in the next section. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got, like, the biologists, which study biology, for example. There are a shitload more of these guys, uh, like, the different tracks you can study and the different titles you get from them and what's involved in them. But, mm-hmm. again, just as an example, Belisarius Call, as far as I know, and I do know this for a fact, was an apprentice under a biologist at one point, which is how he ended up with like 18 different people's personalities and knowledge in his head because he studied under the person that created that procedure. And so he's the yeah. last living apprentice of that person. So I would have thought that would have meant he was within the biologist tract, which would make him a janitor. But he's not. He's an arch magos now. So we know he was within the uh, maga, uh, magi, magi tract. Well, I don't know how you fucking say it in that. In that. <laughs> situation um and because he is arch magos dominus it means he has mastered the dominus track which is the precise battlefield control and calculations so he is as far as the mechanicum is concerned a master of a battlefield yeah which is very cool and you do see a lot in the books he is an absolute nut job in a fight He's great. He's also like eight feet tall and has a gigantic axe and stuff. You know, whatever. 
Yeah, he's smart as hell, <laughs> strategic-wise, uh, which is a bit uh, important, like it very important in war. Like, that's, oh god, yes, he's good in that aspect too. Yeah, but he also has the knowledge of all the people he's you know consumed over the years. So not yeah, that's only what I mean. is he an Archmagos Dominus, he's probably on par with Archmagos in like eight other categories of study. Yeah, yeah. So that dude can basically do whatever the hell he wants at this point. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Spends half his time now searching the galaxy for the old, uh, you know, the Catan, the gods that the Necron were teamed up with to fuck over the old ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Belisarius Call basically just spends his time trolling the galaxy for the remaining shards of those dudes. Why? I, I'm not sure he even knows. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of what he does. <laughs> There's, there's a book called Belisarius Call, The Great Work, and it's just him going to a planet that was attacked by um, Terranids. And oh, he, he's teamed up with a group of space marines that used to be on that planet. It was their homeworld. And it's just, it's a whole thing. But basically, he pretends he's trying to help them the entire time just so he can go look at a shard for a while. And ends up releasing <laughs> oh it God. into the galaxy again, which is terrible because they will destroy everything. And then, as like a last ditch effort, just teleports it to the other side of the universe and runs away. Oh God. <laughs> not my problem. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> it's like, we'll deal with it when it comes back. It'll be a while. It's like, look, it's going to take him at least like a few months to find us. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. So as long as I keep traveling and looking for more of them, it'll probably be okay. I reckon the next book we get about him, that one catches up to him as he's releasing a second one and they two just fight while he runs away. <laughs> <laughs> I could fully see that happening. That sounds exactly like something that would happen to Belisarius Call. That sounds fun too. Yeah. Either that or he'll like plan it out so that he pisses off as many Necron as possible as soon as that thing catches him and he can just watch them fight each other. <laughs> they're just sitting there like god damn it not this guy again <laughs> I mean he's a smart dude he can make it happen probably could if anyone's gonna coordinate that it's him him or Gilliman yeah. actually Gilliman can organize anything as well yeah god right so we're gonna talk about the kind of the military aspect of the cult mechanicum now mm-hmm. so troops of the cult mechanicum are made up of a lot of different units as is the case with basically every group in warhammer because it's a war game but <laughs> we're gonna simplify it a bit to either the main ones or the cool ones right mm-hmm. so you got the tech priests which are absolutely military units since you know dominus is all about war and there's a lot mm-hmm. of other ones that are all about war so tech priests right electro priests you know that's another one they just stab stuff with tasers basically <laughs> That's honestly quite accurate. Um, Then we've got the Skitari, which make up their infantry force. You've got the Collegia Titanica, also known as the Adeptus Titanicus? Yes, that is the right term, yeah. I was like, is that the right term? Yes, it is. The Adeptus Titanicus. (laughs) I don't say that very often, so it didn't sound right. But yeah, Uh, which is the Titan Legions. You know, all the gigantic war robots that everyone uses. Yeah. Then we've got the Legio Cybernetica. I mentioned that earlier. I had to explain it. Uh, and then we've got the Auxilia Myrmidon, which is a cool name. And this last one, which is a nightmare to pronounce, Ast- Astonomia, I think. 
Astronomia. Yeah. So I'm going to run through a bit, a bit more information about these guys because that didn't explain very much. <laughs> so, all right, we know just about tech priests. We've talked about them a bit so far. We're not really going to talk about them in terms of war because, well, they use tech and they fight your stuff. It's pretty self-explanatory. They just pick the way that works best of what they've studied. So that's more about what they study and then what equipment they carry because of it than it is about what they actually do in a fight. So yeah. going into it now would be a deep dive that isn't necessary right this second. You get the idea. They have fancy weapons. They yeah. make and use <laughs> fancy weapons. <laughs> right, so the Skitari are cyborg infantry. They are heavily augmented humans that are just used as infantrymen. Uh they are so heavily enhanced that they can survive basically any conditions. You can throw them in radiation, you can throw them in like below 4,000 degrees, you can chuck them in a flaming hellscape of a world, they'll be fine. You can chuck them in toxic environments, they'll be fine. Right? Uh, unless they get shot, that's uh, <laughs> not really prepared for that one, but the environment can be shitty, they'll be fine. Uh, they act as like the basic infantry force for the Mechanicum. Interesting thing, because they're so heavily augmented, when they're firing their weapons, they don't like aim like you would expect. They actually calculate trajectories based on like targeting vectors for the most effective shots. Yeah. Which is incredible. So it makes them absolutely deadly in a fight. So whereas like uh, the Imperial Infantrymen, right, just your Astra Militarum, will outnumber the Skitari by hundreds, by thousands to one, right? And mm -hmm. they will just unleash row after row after row of gunfire into the enemy that's advancing towards them and just cut them down in ranks. The Skitari would take down strategic assets within this at a much faster rate and with much more efficiency because every one of them knows what they're targeting and they know not to waste shots by targeting the same things, for example, and stuff like that. So yeah. there's never that thing of three people shooting the same guy and the first one killed him because they all fired at the same time when he was still alive <laughs> because they all know who they're going to shoot at and whoever else mm. is going to shoot at. But they'll also take down like strategic things like they would be able to like all concentrate fire on one person to drop a heavily armored troop very quickly so that they don't become a problem later. They would be able to take down a vehicle even though they're not equipped for that necessarily because they could all target in a specific way. Stuff like that. Yeah, it's very smart and efficient. Yes, that's it. It's efficiency. It's efficiency down to like a scientific measure, which is excellent. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, so the Collegia Titanica, or the uh, Adeptus Titanicus, uh, is also, yeah, it's the, it's the Titan Legions. So the towering war robots and their staff. Their staff are also included in this, not just the robots. Uh, we have talked about Titans briefly in the past, and honestly, it's a whole area to go into because there's about a thousand different versions of them, all for different, re like different purposes and different designs. And I... I don't know how to go into a bit without going into it too far for this. So I think we <laughs> save the Titan Legions for an individual episode. Yeah, like a short episode? No, no, we could probably we could probably do a bit of a deep dive on it, to be honest with you. There's a lot to it. Oh, yeah, that's that, good. That's why I'm saying now is not necessarily the time. <laughs> if you know that they're giant war robots and that's what they're used for is being giant and war robots, 
that is enough for now. <laughs> but if we want to go much more into it, we have to start going into like staffing and functions of all the different types and stuff. And it's just it's a whole thing. It's a it's an yeah. hour in itself. <laughs> But the possibility is there if we were. Oh no, we will absolutely get around to it. It's just now is not necessarily the right moment for it. Alright, I'll see you in uh, season six. Yeah, the future is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, uh, the Legio Cybernetica refers to the robot troops that the Mechanicum uses, and Mm -hmm. uh, it's those that build and maintain them as well. So there are tech priests of the Legio Cybernetica that obviously, are the ones that build and maintain the robots, not just mm-hmm. the robots included in this. Uh, so these typically take the form of war robots, like the Conqueror, which is a class of war robot, which sports a heavy bolter, autocannon, and power fist. But the power fist can be swapped for a las cannon, flamers, melta-guns, or bolters, or an extra heavy bolter or autocannon. So, very well-rounded troop can be equipped for basically anything you want it to be, and they're very good at taking down tanks. <laughs> uh, or there's the Cataphract-class robot, which is heavily armoured, sports a las cannon, bolt gun, and flamer, and has a shield generator. So, it's kind of an all-rounder, to be honest with you. The flamer is really good for taking down infantrymen. Bolt guns are pretty standard against, like, anything you want to blow a hole in. Because it's the same guns that the Space Marines use. You know, the big yeah. inch and or like, two-inch wide uh, explosive rounds. So... You know, this pretty good for taking down anything. Las cannons are good for taking down stuff like that armor, and shield generators makes them survivable. So, yeah. very well-rounded robots. Yeah, uh, and all around them. Yeah, uh, there are yeah. a lot more robots. Some of them are like designed for very specific purposes. Some of them just failed. <laughs> Some of them were just terribly designed. <laughs> Uh, my favorite being the Castigator, which is just hilarious. It was so heavily armored, it couldn't keep up with the troops it was meant to protect. Wait, because it's too heavy, <laughs> yeah. or? Oh, God. <laughs> I just found it hilarious. That's just... Yeah. Yeah, it would be more useful if you rolled it down a hill into the enemies. <laughs> yeah, at that point. Yeah. Uh, so the Auxilia Myrmidon, which is a very cool name, which I like, are heavily augmented troops that are outfitted with like ancient tech of really high calibers. So you know all the crazy weaponry they find from the Dark Age of Technology and stuff like that? They get it to these dudes because they're meant to be like specialists. They are apparently expert killers, weapon masters, and just destroyers. So you want something destroyed? <laughs> these are the dudes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently they're usually used for special missions like hunting renegade tech priests ones that have turned evil and stuff or started doing yeah. heretical stuff or for like capturing xenos stuff like that so these are like a cut above your standard infantry these are like your specialists the special ops that's it that's it give them the fancy gear and send them after an Eldar because I don't know maybe we can learn something from them, I guess <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the te- I don't think the tapers usually have an explanation for why they want to capture Xenos. I think they're just like, I don't know, I killed the old one, I guess we need a new one. <laughs> Go catch one. <laughs> just send out an auxilia Myrmidon with a big net. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and the Astonomia are an enforcer class. So essentially they are the security force for all the Mechanicum homeworlds and bases. So if there's like a Mechanicum base set up within an Imperial world, just for, you know, organizing stuff there, whatever they need to do, whatever they need a base there for, possibly just logistical purposes, just handling paperwork or something like that, I don't know. But the security for these areas, the, essentially the police for these areas, is the Astonomia. So I think that's a good rundown of uh, the Mechanicus. Yeah. At least it's enough to go forward from. The the whole idea of this is much like the first season where we were trying to build an overall view of like the whole base storyline so that we could pick up at any point in time and not leave you lost. Mm-hmm. Now what we're doing is filling in the gaps of all the different factions and alien races and stuff so that you've now got a timeline and now you've got like a foundation that we can then build from as well. It's like a it's like a uh, an, uh, you know like a, a graph you've got like an x-axis and a y-axis so if one of them is time the other one would be the faction that you're looking at at the time so the idea is now we can pick up from wherever like whatever time period we want and with whatever faction we want by the end of this that's the goal yes. here so we have the opportunity to do like a, a deep dive now into whatever really yeah so area. we could go into like some of the storylines with the orcs like Galskul Thraka for example now that we've looked at him or we could look into some of the stuff about the Mechanicum a lot more in depth because you've got a foundation to work from yeah exactly and timeline nor just base knowledge are a hinder are not a hindrance anymore so it's it's all about building foundations basically so that we can go to deeper depths yeah any questions? Uh, not at this point, but I sure will take them off cam, uh, off uh, recording sometimes. <laughs> you know, just just FYI for the people who listen, right? Uh, I do actually talk with Ryan afterwards because that, it's not on, always on podcast, but sometimes afterwards it's just like there's a lot of questions coming out also before we record and Ryan is just like, yo, piss it down, miss. This will happen in the podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> but for now, no, I don't well, I don't have anything for now. Once in a while, we're just like sitting playing Call of Duty or something and we've got a war zone after the podcast recording and you're just like, so wait, what happened to this guy? And I'm like, you can ask this during the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't come up with it on this spot, no, but sometimes it just happens afterwards, you I know. It's, uh, <laughs> it's in the back of my mind and sometimes it just pops up like, oh, oh well. Oh yeah, that guy didn't die. I wonder where he went. <laughs> uh, Alright, I think that'll do us for the, the cult mechanicus then. Alright, sounds good. Well I will just round it up. So uh yeah. Thank you guys for listening. This has been uh, the Iterators of the Imperium Podcast Season 2 with me, Mess, and Ryan. And uh, yeah, we will see you in the next one. Take care and peace. Bye.